0: Welcome to Mike and Manch Talk F1, where each week we break down the hottest news in the sport of Formula 1 and dive into pre- and post-race conversation and banter as we do best. Now on to our third episode of Mike and Manch Talk F1. We're going to talk about the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, the results, and kind of go down from team to team and what each team did well this week. Manch. What a race, fast race.
1: Mike, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you this week. It was a great race. I really enjoyed it. And yes, a very fast race overall. Um, I'm really happy to kind of go in and break into each team's. One thing that we did see just to rip the band-aid off was all the teams were pretty grouped together. And that's just because there was so much time on the streets and so little time in the pit lanes that you just saw the actual value of the car come to life yeah. here and it was really a less of a driver situation and more of a battle between the engineers which i honestly oh, yeah. thought was a really good insight to what we're going to see the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, i mean we saw Red Bull really run away with it. I we thought, you know, they could probably get a 1 2 and they did. They did, but it wasn't the result we thought would be Verstappen up there but it was Checo. Exactly Checo dope. baby.
1: I love seeing Checo over Max. And it doesn't seem like Max's dad enjoys seeing Checo over Max, though. But yes, no, it was a very predictable one-two from Red Bull, even with Max as far back as he was. Uh, Just the pace of that car in in the opening race, it it made it very prevalent that we were going to see another one-two, regardless. But yeah, we did. You see that? Let's talk a little about about Jos Verstappen, Max's. He was not
0: thrilled with that win. He was not.
1: Oh, my gosh. If any of you are tuning into the post-race celebration, Checo goes and runs into the Red Bull stands. Like, every race, the winning driver does that. Jumps into the engineer's crew, and there's one person in there who doesn't embrace him as openly, and it turns out... Not at all. Not at all. It almost looks like he tries to ignore his presence. But Joseph Verstappen stands there in almost complete disappointment in the fact that max didn't finish above checo definitely go and take a look it was funny it was awkward and i think that type of personality awkward. clearly runs in the family i know where max get gets yes, his charm psycho
0: from. personality jeez yeah i, I mean
1: dude. i, I I actually read this really funny headline from the mirror. Um, I was reading a couple articles post race, just, you know, catching up on some stuff and it said, and I quote stellar driving skill. Isn't the only thing that appears to run in the Verstappen family after ex formula one star Jose displayed a lack of team ethics following son. Max's second place finish on Sunday.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was crazy.
1: Yeah. I, I guess they were talking to, uh, to Mr. Verstappen, if I may, and he said that he's not there to be second, referring to Max. I thought that was a really strange comment, uh, one that didn't need to be yeah. said. Like, one, obviously, no one's there to be second. But just to take it a little bit further, you know, we've got people here whose fathers are actually involved in this process cough cough mr stroll you don't see him coming out and saying uh yeah it was a bit of a disappointment having alonzo on the podium my son's not there to dnf our car like what <laughs> like yeah i thought that was super out of left field from from So really
0: yeah it was really weird put Checo in kind of a weird spot but Hey, you know he's Max is the golden boy. Obviously, Stroll is nowhere near Fernando, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, still, like, just put a put something up for the cameras, you know. But I mean, the Verstappen family doesn't mess around, man. Yeah,
1: no, at least they're honest. You know what you're getting from them. They never, they don't change. Yeah. But yeah, just talking about Red Bull overall. Not much to be said other than they are by far the best team on the grid.
0: I'm like 99.9% sure they're going to win the constructors now. I I really don't see Mercedes, Ferrari getting close to them at all this year.
1: I totally agree. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to anyone that can potentially qualify ahead of them because otherwise, I mean, there's there's no passing them. That's for sure. You're either going to get past or you're going to stay behind the Red Bull at this pace.
0: We saw no one even bothered to fight. Like they just let him pass. And it was like watching the race. You remember when he passed? I think it was Lewis. They were like, this is looks like F1 against F2. Yep. No, it does. I think it was
1: against Lewis. It was against Russell. It was against Fernando. Like they, they, it was just pass after pass. You know when Fernando doesn't
0: put up a fight, it's bad.
1: I know. And it's almost like the teams are thinking to themselves, you know what? it's inevitable for the for us to pass for them to not get past us. So why don't we just save some tire wear and let them go by? Like it is a, smart it by is, them. It is a full-blown fight for second place this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Lewis Hamilton went out and said this Red Bull car this year is the fastest car he's ever seen in Formula One.
0: Yeah, which is crazy because he's been racing since 07 and some of those Mercedes cars, was it was literally him and Nico Rosenberg, Valtry Bottas just fighting against each other for the championship. Oh, my gosh,
1: yeah. This is coming from a guy who was in a dominant car for five, six years, just winning, winning, winning. And now he's like, that's the best car I've ever seen. Yeah.
0: I think we're going to see that out of Red Bull. Like, I think it's going to take at least another year for someone to catch up with them. Um, these teams are definitely fighting for next year, just trying to do – stuff where they can maybe upgrade for next season.
1: Definitely. And then you've got Ferrari and Mercedes just trying to latch on and for dear life and hope Aston Martin drops off. But I guess that could be a good point to pivot down to the next team. We, we could highlight is Aston Martin. Uh, Red Bulls performance, very obvious, very expected. Aston Martin, I would say surprisingly similar.
0: Yeah. Lance looked really good at the beginning of that that race, I think he had the best overtake, which it happens on lap one when he passed signs on the outside of the corner, which is pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, that so, can, car looks amazing.
1: So I took the liberty of going to a, a big Formula One bar for this race, getting a Guinness in my hand and enjoying myself with other people there that enjoy go. the sport. Yep, it was a great time. And that that first pass was electric. You saw everyone in that bar jumping out of their seats, clapping for him. I mean, most of us were standing for the most part, but I loved seeing that that was a pristine textbook pass right there. And it was beautiful. It was around a tough turn too. that got me going. I was like, Lance is here to play. And in all honesty, I think we see a very easy three, four Lance Alonzo. If he stays on that, on that track. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because do you remember at the start of the race when we saw the cars line up, Lance's car was really smoking and that was kind of where I did
1: see that. Yeah, they said
0: something maybe about the brakes and then when he kind of pulled off and they told him to retire the car kind of pulled away to a safe spot they you saw a little puffs of white smoke so i'm wondering if it was the same problem
1: yeah well one thing about the saudi arabian grand prix which we actually saw twice but we could have seen it way more was that there's a lot of overheating that occurs but it's one <laughs> of the newer tracks that they have this was their third time racing on it in f1 specifically yeah. um and In the past, we've seen a ton of cars overheat. It gets really hot there. That's why there was a night race. And we saw Albon have overheating in his brakes. Um, And I think, you know, we had seen that same issue from Stroll as well. You you saw them immediately go and put the fire extinguisher out on the tires. So you know, maybe that you're right. That was the factor. Uh, but dang, that was very noticeable. I had no idea where that was coming from. And I, yeah. and I was wondering which car that was coming from.
0: I'm surprised we didn't see
1: more cars with those problems.
0: Cause last year we saw a bunch, you know,
1: I am too. I am too, but I definitely think a lot of the team principals factored in a potential yep. DNF for the pit situation. As you saw, it came right on par with when everyone was going to pit. Some people could have very much tried to do an early pit stop. The only people that did were the ones that really needed to because yeah. they had some issues. But for the most part, everyone stuck it out for the safety car. And it, it made it really easy for some of those teams to stay together. And stopping lucked out he got up there fast as hell you he got really lucky yep and 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 came out in third after that safety car and then just passed alonzo with ease so um that was a, a great work by by red bull holding off on pitting verstappen early at all um and overall the teams really took that into a a good a good uh how do i say this it was a good thing to look out for and i'd say they yeah. all did a great job for the most part but talking a little bit about aston martin kind of got a little bit crazy there post-race.
0: Yeah. I mean, little history, Alonzo's hundredth podium, pretty crazy. And for them
1: to pull this BS there on his hundredth podium and almost strip it from him. I mean, tell me
0: like, were you not surprised when you saw him, he got a five second penalty for lining up in the incorrect grid spot. He was far, far left, which was a very rookie mistake. And out of everyone on the grid, the two people I would have never thought would get that are Lewis and Alonzo. And I mean, when you looked at it, it was like he was really far off. Like there's no way he didn't know that starting the race, you know?
1: So I know that he was doing some pretty sharp turns at the start to keep his tires warm. Yeah. Keep everything going. I know he really wanted to launch out of that start and get the first place, which he did. So he did everything he needed to, but I think he was a little bit too worried about his tire wear, like his his tire temperature. And that's why he didn't notice him pulling himself far left. Total rookie mistake. And to see that in back-to-back races now at the start of the year, quite weird. Crazy. Like- Yeah. I think this is a learning point that should not happen again. That should be something that regardless of which team it is, I I think their teams need to be talking to each other. Like, yeah, we're not going to let this happen because let's just say that 10 second penalty did drop. He's getting pushed out of the podium from a really stupid mistake at the start of the race. And that would
0: have been bad for the constructors. fight. I
1: just thought it was funny that they didn't handle this situation, figure it out during the race. So that post-race they should have the results ready. Um, I know Mercedes was talking on their team radio thinking it was going to be a potentially a five second penalty trying to push Russell up within five seconds of Alonzo. Then the FIA says 10, then they say nothing. I don't know. It was quite strange.
0: FIA is really, really messed it up with this race. They do have new management this year. So we see them kind of. Focus on specific things. You know, before it was last year. I know it was like going on the outside of the track. They really penalized teams for that. And yes, now we see the first two races of this year. It's lining up in the correct grid spot. Which I mean, we've been watching Formula One for the past couple of years. I don't really remember seeing that at all. You know, it's I I agree. I especially I for two have vets. That.
1: Yeah, two two vets. hundred percent. It was it was really weird. And can we talk
0: about Lance Stroll's safety car, weakest safety car ever. Wow. Like that, that didn't, that should have been a virtual and they pulled that out. This is just more stuff that you could throw in the conspiracy theory that Red Bull is getting a little help from the FIA. I mean, straight
1: facts. First of all, I look over, I see Lance Stroll right by the exit off the track, like not causing harm to anyone. No one's sliding out and going out where, where Stroll did. He trotted on over there very much a virtual safety car situation i totally agree would that have changed the end results i really don't know i think they would have stayed the same regardless but yeah, yeah it was a weird full blown safety car weird. situation i understand the I'm safety i'm glad they they handled it, it pretty quickly but, at least
0: you know like i understand the safety part but that that should have been a safety or a virtual safety car where like you just say no overtaking in this area Just very odd, very odd by the FIA this whole weekend.
1: Very odd. Regulate the speed, get them down a little bit, regulate the overtaking, open the gates and get Lance out of there. Like nothing more complicated than that. But all in all, I don't think Aston Martin is anything to be upset about. It was expected to have someone be a DNF due to overheating. It was unfortunate it was them, but I guess you're right with the telltale sign of the smoke at the start of the race. Maybe it could have been predicted but Alonso had great pace. He was clearly faster than the Mercedes and the Ferrari. Uh, and and it it's was all cool in all see. another great outing from Aston Martin yeah. getting another podium. Stroll
0: is, Stroll is going to be the key to them finishing top three in the constructors. if Because oh, Alonso's yeah. showing the consistency there. If Stroll can also do that, I mean, it's only been two races granted, but Stroll can keep putting up good numbers finishing in the top six. We can really see them push the Ferraris, Mercedes. Oh, sure. I agree. Spot. And even
1: top if you're just two, three, I, I definitely think top six is a is a great indicator. I think top six is perfect. You just need to be getting some solid points. Try not to mess up. Alonzo will stay this good. He's consistent. He's experienced. He's one of the best of all time. He's going to be putting up top fours every, every race with that car. So Stroll just needs to hang in there, keep doing what he's doing. I'll I'll give him some claps for this race. He raced really well at the start. Like you said, best pass, best overtake of the day in in our opinion, in my opinion too. Um, So great out outing from the Aston Martin, the live standings, we've got Red Bull far up top, and then we've got Aston Martin and Mercedes tied for second at 38 points. What do you think of the Mercedes this past race?
0: They looked good. Um, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to me. Since kind of last year, George has kind of looked like the better driver at like times. Like that She's dude. Had better pace, certainly complains less. Um, better consistency. It's kind of funny. I saw George posted something about, on instagram about making the podium saying how fernando definitely deserved it and then literally an hour later yeah. fernando got it back so really weird by the fia dealing with all of that but great pace by george lewis came in right behind them. i think they look good their cars looking better and better certainly better than ferrari in this race
1: it was so funny it was almost like the fia was like George Russell, the Golden Child, doesn't think he deserves this P three. We must give it back to Fernando. Alonso. Oh, we gotta give it back. Right? <laughs> we have to give it back. <laughs> and I loved Mercedes. If you looked at their Instagram, they just reposted it and they said, "This photo can't go to waste." It was Russell holding the oh P three trophy, but they just pasted P four over it <laughs> and just kept it. Did hit. they really? Yeah, they oh just photoshopped P four over it. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was fourth place trophy. It was really funny. But I thought. That was a good race for Mercedes. That was the best outcome they could have had that weekend. Yeah,
0: their car, their car is looking better. Last year, you know they they made some changes. Their 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 side pod last year was more of a triangle, and now it's more rectangular. A lot of so side pods really helping them. You know that was think, a big
1: issue last year.
0: Yeah, and I think throughout the year we'll really see them start creeping up because i don't know if aston martin can keep this up like their upgrades i think mercedes definitely has the resources and the money and the engineers to really upgrade their car more than so, some of those other teams.
1: So that is that is also that is a great point. I do think Aston Martin needs to continue to capitalize early on in the season, just yes. in case reliability slows down for them and they don't have as much in store because they probably put everything into the off season. I don't know what their exactly. mid season upgrades are going to look like if they're going to be that substantial. So you're right; they've got to get as many points as they can. They're doing a good job so far, but having Russell and Hamilton finish ahead of both signs in the car, really no slip ups. Hamilton called it out early on. He, for some reason, was not liking the hard tires. It seemed like every other driver honestly didn't have an issue with the hard tire other than the Ferrari. Both the Ferraris found their pace to be very slow in the hard, but he switched to the mediums, got good pace, got caught up to fifth. And then in in my opinion, there was a point in time where Hamilton started to push Russell and you saw the team tell Russell to move out of the way. Do you remember that? And he was like. Russell honestly thought Alonzo didn't serve his time penalty yet. So he was like, no, we got to keep putting pace for Alonzo. And they told him and he was like, oh, okay. I think ultimately they looked over everything, saw that on a per lap basis, they were way faster. Not way, they were faster than than the Ferrari and slower than the Aston Martin. I think they realized they're not going anywhere. Let's just stick with this. Let's have our better defender in the back and let's keep yeah. those tires fresh and bring a four or five home to the finish. I think I that's think what they
0: Lewis did. Like that though.
1: I think I think Lewis is a better team player than we all would have expected from him. Yeah, you got to give him credit for
0: that. You know, I think
1: you do because I rarely see him being outspoken. He did say something post race. I think it was pretty minor, but, but I, I really yeah. see him like too outspoken about the situation and. It's funny because you've got a guy going from one of the best cars in the world,
0: exactly, to
1: now a reduced car, and then you've got a guy coming from one of the worst cars on the grid, a Williams, to one yep. of the top class teams. So I think the reason why Russell is doing so well is because he wasn't so used to that beautiful Mercedes car. that they had, and he wasn't, uh, you know, looking or expecting the car to move in ways that it had in the past. Where I think Hamilton is having a little Daniel Ricardo syndrome, way less drastic, way less drastic. I just mean it in terms of I think he's still getting used to this Mercedes a little bit. Yeah. But he, he still looks good. I think he looks good with these changes. We'll keep we'll keep an up an eye on them and see how it keeps going throughout the season. But I, I think Mercedes should be very happy with those results, even without the P3.
0: So the other team that was also up there, Ferrari, I mean, we thought they were going to be. We thought they were, this was going to be a good race for them, especially since it's one of the fastest tracks, second fastest. We really saw them fight with Red Bull last year. So I know me and you definitely thought they were going to be super competitive this race. We saw in qualifying that Charles came second fastest qualifying time, but then obviously got pushed back with that 10-place grid penalty. Yep. I mean, weren't you pretty disappointed in
1: Ferrari? I was really disappointed, especially because I saw Leclerc look... Pretty excellent coming up from that that penalty. He looked pretty good getting up up into where he was, and then Got at that fast. point, both him and Signs just hit a rut, and there was a point where their pace was just no match for the other cars. They blamed it pretty obviously on the hard tire. I I think that that Ferrari car is not as good on the hard tire. And we should take note of that for races yeah. that are similar to this later in the season, maybe even from a betting perspective, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, But it, it doesn't look like the red bull or sorry, the Ferrari was very fast on that hard tire at all.
0: Yeah. And you saw those drivers visibly frustrated, not very happy. You saw, you know, what do we always say about Ferrari strategy strategy? We saw it come up again in this race, you know, they didn't tell Charles that Lewis was pitting. Yep. So then he's not pushing the pace, really. He leaves a little bit of open space. Lewis gets in front of him and you hear him screaming at his engineer, like, yo, what the heck just happened? And they're at like, copy. Guy in the, in the and pit. he's like, no, seriously, you have to tell me. Like, they just said copy. Like, they knew they messed up. And it's just like, it's it's got to be so frustrating for these guys.
1: Ugh. So frustrating. And that's the last thing you want in your drivers is for them to be frustrated. You want them to know where they should expect this car to perform. And what Ferrari is saying, because it's Ferrari, they're saying that we expect this car to be a winning class car. And then you put your drivers in there and they physically cannot win a race because of the car. So it's contradictory. Another disappointing race from Ferrari. I'd say this was the worst outcome for them other than DNFs. Like, yeah, yes, they could have gotten eight, nine, 10, but still this is atrocious. It's just pushing them farther back. And this is another thing that they're going to have to get around.
0: Because yeah, Ferrari's always going to have high standards. They've been the best, some of the best teams like throughout the Formula One history. And it's just, it's just kind of weird to see them messing this up so yeah. much the past couple of years.
1: We'll see. You know, in a couple of weeks, we'll have the Australian Grand Prix. I know Leclerc won that last year, so we'll see how it goes. Max retired. Again, it was his second time in the first three races in Australian Grand yeah. Prix. So who knows? Maybe there's another slip up from the Red Bull, and we see the Ferraris, the Mercedes, the S and Martins get a little bit closer. But I, I I think it was a very disappointing outing for them to say the least. Contrary, the Alpine performed right where I personally expected them to. Yep. The 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 you know, the third, the sorry, the fifth best team on on the grid really solidified that. They really didn't have any competition behind them they were just taking their time Ocon and Gasly were having a great time
0: yeah they, they had pretty good pace we're pushing it you know they uh kind of in like a little train there after the uh the safety car but Ocon and Gasly finished right after one another eight and nine so they looked pretty good this is what we expected from Alpine we thought they would be the fourth best team obviously we didn't know Aston Martin would be this good so fifth it's kind of what we expected from them
1: Definitely, I think it was also a great race from Gasly. Overall, he did have that little hiccup right at the start. He got involved with Piastri, which we'll get into soon with the, on the McLaren side. But from the Alpine side, could have been a little bit of a penalty there. He got away luck, lucky, lucky, yeah. and then just kept his race going and maintains that that ninth place all the way till the end. So good race by him. Ocon consistent as always. You know, it's going to be really hard to keep Hamilton behind him. He qualified one spot ahead of Hamilton, which at least shows that the Alpine still has great pace, but we could see it throughout the race. Great job getting some good points for the Alpine, keeping them in that lock for yeah. the fifth spot this year. I, 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 like I said, I know this was one of those races where you're going to see the teams finish right next to each other, but I think the whole season we'll be seeing the Alpines right next to each other. Ocon and Gasly yeah. really pushing it.
0: I think they're kind of in their own like little tier. I think there's the Red Bull, the three middle teams, Aston Martin, Ferrari, Mercedes. I think Alpine's kind of by themselves. Um, Haas is pretty fast with them, but on the other circuits, I, I think it's just Alpine's yeah, it's, in that middle pack by themselves right now, It's which like, we thought McLaren would be competing with them, but no.
1: Yeah, it's like we've got that like silly fraternity jargon. We've got top, we've got Red Bull up there chilling. We've got upper middle like rising, you know, we've got, we've got the, (laughs) the acid Martins, the Mercedes, the Ferrari, we got mid pack. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Top, top, top tier. Like that's what, that's that's what I think of with Max and Checo walking around the paddock post-race post-session. Like they know no one can hang with their stuff. It's, it's gotta be a a big ego boost. Now, The only reason I'm going to jump to this team next is not based on the standings at all, but it's just because it's relevant because we were just talking about it. But McLaren, oh, another awful race from them. I'm going to cry. It's so sad to see them in a state like this. But Piastri got in a, a little bit of a scruffle with Gasly. He pinched him more towards the sidewall. Gasly. Touched him, part of his front wing left, and I saw it immediately, I'm watching this unfold, I see Piastri's front wing chip off, fly up in the air, lands right in front of Lando Norris, and he runs it over, it was like, are lucky, kidding me, it's like, oh, and then... I think it also might've affected Botas. We'll, we'll get into that when we talk about the Alfa Romeo, but what a disappointment from McLaren. They actually, I know they had some issues early on. I'm really hoping that that caused a couple more issues with something in their car to affect the grip, to affect the speed. But I think it's safe to say they were the slowest team out there.
0: Yeah. It was a weekend to forget for sure for McLaren, you know, it, it was brutal I mean, we were kind of excited because Oscar, what, what do you place? Eighth. great qualifying. Then? No, he, yeah. he,
1: he qualified in ninth. So ninth. great qualifying from Piastri. Norris on the opposite side of that schedule. It almost to me looked like Norris gave up in this race. Like last race, McLaren did it to him. They made him race in dead last for the whole race. Yeah. And they it were going to almost do it to him again. I think he was just like, whatever. And at, at some point you see, piastri and him fight a little bit and, and i think he rethought it and he was like you know with what if Williams, piastri if, yep well if piastri tries to do that again i think Lando was like i'm just gonna let him pass like we're out of the points have him go have some fun with with logan Sargent, the two young guys yeah. like i think he's just like honestly maybe there, have a field day man lando might have started listening to his ebook towards the second half of that yeah. race <laughs> yeah. zoning out completely
0: just vibing back there
1: yeah so another awful race now I don't know. You've talked to me a little bit about this. Is there there going to be good performance for McLaren moving forward? Do they have anything coming in store? Why are they so slow?
0: We're hoping for some upgrades. You know, Last year with the new regulations, McLaren tried being kind of creative. They tried raising the floor a little bit. Now these floors are a very sensitive part of the car, and one tiny mistake can put it all out of whack. And with our luck, it it did. So we tried changing the floor, and we lost a lot of performance from that from the porpoising actually and then you know mclaren did that and they weren't able to get the performance back well like they had it they didn't have a command on the car uh as the other teams did had the wrong geometrics and everything and so they kind of just said you know what scratch that let's start from new and when they said that they were way behind on all the other teams they knew they weren't going to be able to have their car ready for the beginning so they saw this in testing Yep. So they kind of put out a car that they knew wasn't going to be the end result. It's, it's going to take this team months and they started during the winter. So we could possibly see it in April. Let's cross our fingers, but with these in this new direction, they're going, I'm, I'm hoping it'll help, but they got to figure out all the, the physics part of this, the aerodynamics and hopefully around April we'll have that new car 99% sure we'll have a new floor by then and they're kind of hoping to contend for the end of this year but I, I think after two like two more races we might be out of contention and McLaren kind of has to pray for fifth at this point you know yeah and, and six because we said
1: Alpine was in fifth yeah no it seems like Alpine's holding that down unless McLaren can make some really big strides. I mean, it is all up in the air right now. Like the, the standings are pretty low in points. I think the, what is it? It does. Um, excuse me. Does Alpine have eight points? Like, is that what we're looking like in the standings right now? Yeah. I think, I, I, like, I think uh, that's where we're at.
0: Brutal dude. McLaren got it all wrong at when they started doing this and they couldn't figure it out. So they went in a totally different direction. So like, you know, all of our friends know us as McLaren friends, they're roasting us. And like, I'm just praying that we can get these upgrades and this I get new a text. car will be
1: much better. I get a text from my Red Bull fan after every practice, after every qualifier, Ugh. after every race, and all it says is good luck next weekend. Oh, it's the most frustrating thing. I did want to elaborate a little bit. It can sound like. Mike over here is just throwing out jargon, you know, aerodynamics, new floor, like stuff like that, just to like really elaborate. It, it means a lot like the, the, the raising of the car. So how many centimeters did they, or sorry, millimeters did they allow? Is it 12 more than last year? It's, it's something in the light teens, 12 to 16 millimeter raise. I think they allowed for 15
0: millimeters.
1: Okay. So 15 millimeters was what they allowed. So what that means is the cars go. Way faster when they're closer to the ground. It's like a suction cup that keeps them down low. So, one, they can go faster, and two, they can handle those turns a lot tighter. So, ultimately, that's why you see like sparks coming out of the Red Bull because they have their car as low as possible and they've tuned it to work very high function at at that low floor level. And that's why on those big straights, you can sometimes see just almost fire coming out of the back of that with all the sparks coming up. So I guess McLaren messed around with it, thought that they could dodge the porpoising issue that was happening mainly with like Mercedes, but the top teams last year where you saw the cars bouncing a ton. That's why they're allowing us allowing the teams, excuse me, to raise their cars a little bit and try and combat that. And I guess McLaren did it wrong, but
0: I think we could see our new car in Baku possibly like this car we have right now. This is technically not the 2023 car. Once we get the upgrades, this'll be what everything McLaren was working for over the winter. That'll be the end goal that they're looking for. And sure. And
1: Baku is going to gonna be our first year. sprint race of the season. So that would be a great place to unreal, unreveal some upgrades, get to try it out in a sprint race setting as well. I think that would be a perfect time if they can execute it. Yeah. Kind of talk about some of the other teams, Uh, you know, the top teams and I'm not including McLaren in that, but there was just a lot to talk about them this week, but the top teams obviously have the most press the most going on, but I think we saw some really good shines of light. This race specifically from Alpha Tori and from Haas. You pick. Who do you want to start with? Because I think both had some really good, really let's, good aspects. Let's start with the short kings, Alphatori. I love starting with the short kings and Alphatori. So I thought Yuki raced a hell of a race. I thought Yuki really good. I thought Yuki killed it. It broke my heart to see him lose that to Magnuson. He was fighting right. it off so well. In all honesty, Magnuson was making atrocious efforts at overtakes, but Yuki was in all honesty great defense clearly the Haas had better pace and with the DRS it was hard to keep him off but Yuki raced a hell of a hell of a race
0: I I really thought he was going
1: to get that last point I'm not gonna lie yeah yeah I really did too and I would have been really ecstatic to see it I think it would have been really fun to see um that would then I think have McLaren be the lone yeah. team at zero points which would have sucked at least we oh. have a buddy down there but yeah. um DeVries also, I think rookie driver of the day, P14, not great, still performed top out of the rookies. Um, and, and he was looking pretty decent. Also, he was pushing up against Joe Guan Yu, um, holding his own, you know, keeping everyone off of him. He was kind of an alone Island for, I'd say most of the race, but no, I think the alpha Tori showed that it's got a little bit of pace that maybe we didn't expect.
0: Yeah. I certainly didn't expect them to be fighting for the final point. I mean, Yuki, we saw him at one point, when all the pits and stuff, I think he was like up to seventh, and I was like, "Whoa, Yuki!" And you know, there's a lot of talk about Yuki. This is his year to shut up or put out. You know, like, yep, he could have. This is his year to really make a name for himself because there's a lot of hype for him. And obviously, throughout the documentary, Drive to Survive, there's a lot of questions about his a lot of people you know,
1: attention. Exactly, so. they really hone on him being such a youngster, and they try to make him seem like almost immature, like kind of stupid I I, drive to survive. I love the series, but sometimes they like to, they like to pick on some certain people. And I think they were really trying to pick on Yuki and really show his, his youth. And I think they were trying to translate that, that to inexperience, but I'd say, I'd say you could check off my expectations for the first two races. He's exceeded them so far. And DeVries doing a great job settling in to F1. Now he's got three F1 races under his belt, and I think he's going in a good direction for the team. Um, Pivoting to Haas, great race from their team overall. They showed that they had some speed. Not something that I was surprised about. I I, I knew that the Haas had some speed just based on their qualifying in the past. What did you think about about Haas?
0: I mean – I think we talked about it like these these races with a lot of straightaways and stuff like that. That's definitely going to be to Haas's benefit without a doubt. You know, they showed great pace throughout the qualifying. And, you know, we, we expected them to be pretty good from these middle pack teams. And I think they really capitalized with getting a point out of it,
1: you know. Totally. And to give my, my boy, Matt, a shout out in the bar, as soon as Maguson passed Sonoda on those last laps, immediate USA chant. We started it instantly. (laughs) We got to get that going. I love the USA blood that we have now with the Haas F1 team, actually being a little bit competitive these past two years. They're not a joke.
0: They're not a joke.
1: And Logan Sargent, you know, our boy from the U S in there. So there's many, many a reason for us to be pumped for the, for the Americans. Um, and, and one thing that the Americans do best is talk about the Americans and, and our love for them. So oh, we'll, yeah. we, we will, co- <laughs> we will continue to do that. I would uh, say
0: Haas is no longer wankers.
1: No, they are not. But Gunter, I think he, he kept his, his steam in internally. This race it had some good expectations. From blood the team. I almost thought we were going to see a race where Gunter has his head blown off. We got steam blown out of his ears, but
0: Wait, can we talk about the uh, the picture that was sent in the F1 group chat about their pit wall?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> the pit wall scenario is so funny for all of you that don't know. I thought we brought it up maybe in the first episode, but maybe not. Um, Haas, in order to save money, if you look at the the pit walls during the race there's booths there usually you got like four five six people in there talking to the drivers running analytics running tests on the car making sure there's no issues relaying information about weather strategy other cars race updates etc and then you see haas this year decided to cut their pit wall, their pit booth in half and they have now three in there <laughs> it looks so funny it It, in all honesty, it looks like Like a a short bus, like a short bus for (laughs) the F1 pit cruise. It looks hilarious, but it it saved them a quarter of a million dollars in freight costs. That's
0: crazy. So I guess it's, I guess
1: it's worth it if it's for speed, but I think it looks hilarious. I'm so glad you said something. It looks crazy. You guys should look it up Haas pit booth and then look up literally anyone else's. It's so funny.
0: You know what, we'll post a picture of it on social.
1: We'll we'll post a pick. We'll make an excuse to have a meme out of it. So keep an yeah. eye out. Um, so that was funny. Pivoting over to the Alpha Romeo, I'd say that's the next relevant team. We just talked about Haas and the Alpha Tori. Um the Alpha Romeo didn't look bad. I, I really do think Joe Guan Yu's racing quite fine. I, I don't know if the Alpha Romeo has it has enough in them to get consistent points. Yeah. Botas better
0: start last year
1: from them. It was, we definitely saw a better start last year. Um I
0: think Botas would, eh, do you think he's more motivated leaving the Mercedes? Like, I don't think that would really factor it, but I mean, we saw Botas getting top eight last year, you know, and this year, I mean, this year was kind of, I think he hit some debris. So
1: yeah. In the benefit of the doubt. Sure. But we, I mean, so speaking of the devil saying top eight, you know, Botas did get eighth in the first race, so it was consistent. Maybe we would have seen something better from Botas this race. Like he, he, he just, he just didn't even qualify that well. Like honestly, Joe Guan Yu raced better than him this whole weekend, maybe excluding one practice session. Joe Guan Yu qualified ahead of him. Joe Guan Yu finished ahead of him. He raced pretty consistent. He finished in P 13. We saw Botas. He was in last out of the drivers that were still on the track. Um, I don't think it was his fault. He had said that he thinks he ran over some of that debris in the first lap, caused him some grip issues. And he said that there might've been some issues with his diffuser and he just couldn't keep pace. So hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll fix that. He didn't dive too deep into it. So maybe some new information will come about this week. Um, but I, I would like to see Joe go on you, sneak into the 10th spot, get some points. I I would like him to get some confidence. He's pretty consistent. Yeah. You don't see a lot of negative things about him in the press. He's not very flashy. So I would like to see him, him have some good races. And, and he definitely did this past one. I'd say I'd give him a pat on the back for the weekend overall.
0: And then Williams. We saw Alex Albon overheat. Sergeant eh, you know, he's fighting with Oscar at the very end. It's kind of funny to see those two rookies battle it out, but a battle's a battle at the end of the day. And it's good experience for those rookies.
1: Totally. And we see some flashes from Sergeant, like overall, like that first race, he honestly looked pretty good. This race was in my opinion, a bit of a wash. He didn't even qualify. Like he did 20th because he couldn't finish the qualifier with issues with the car. Um, And then he comes into this race really not showing any pace. It didn't seem like there were any issues from my perspective with the Williams. I don't know what was going on, but I mean, the fact that Piastri and McLaren were in battle with him after, you know, doing these lengthy 10, 12 second pit stops and not having a fast car wasn't a good outing from Williams. I think it was pretty, pretty upsetting overall.
0: Yeah. I mean, like trying to think Alex, where was kind of he, when he got that DMP, do you know? So I wasn't really Mm, watching
1: him. Totally. I honestly can't remember where he was pinned. I know he he came
0: 10th last race. So I just, I I just don't think this Williams was really meant for these fast, you know, street street
1: races. Yeah, no, totally. It definitely was not a track for the Williams and Maybe they knew that going into it. Who knows? But I mean, they they at least have a point under their belts to carry through any point in, in F1, especially this year. I think any point is going to be a good point because yeah. you're going to see it very dominated by those top four teams. They're going to be stealing all the points. I think everyone's going to be scrapping for yeah sixes fours twos ones just getting anything they can in and out that last point yeah yeah it reminds me of like those money machines where the money's just blowing around and just grabbing singles left yeah, and right, yeah, yeah. trying to get as much as you can like stuffing as, it in as
0: red bulls just the people who put their open their shirts. yeah red bull just opens all, their know? shirts
1: they come in with a bucket and turn it upside down like oh my gosh but but yeah i i definitely think that was not a great race for for williams in all obviousness but
0: yeah <laughs> it is great to see no, like before, prior to this, two years ago, before all the regulations, we saw Haas and Williams, you could almost pencil them in as the last four spots. Now we don't, it's, it's kind of great, you know, Yeah, and it can really help with their fan base also.
1: Totally. Totally. I mean, Williams does have a historic fan base. I'd say most of their fans are on the older side. Sure. Oh yeah. But um, you know, it, I mean, it's, I, I just like equal competition. So they got points in the first race. Let's see how they rebound after this disappointing race, and and see what the standings look like moving forward. Yeah. Uh, next race that we've got is going to be the the Australian Grand Prix in Melbourne coming up on April second. How do you liking these gaps in between races at the start?
0: It's going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be very interesting. I think I'm happy to see we still have an Aussie on the track
1: we do we do
0: so but i i think obviously we'll see red bull run away with it unless something happens crazy um we do have we, at the beginning the start of the season we do have some time gaps in between so that's we what can i was saying upgrades you know yeah th- those times
1: those time gaps frustrate me i like f1 yeah. every weekend i like to see it I every think, weekend
0: me too dude it's kind of sad but, but I yeah think mercedes is going to capitalize definitely with these gappage
1: you're right. It's going to give them some time to really focus and and redev and 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 take some time into into all of the factors. But every team is going to have that same thing as well. So we'll, we'll see. One thing about the Aussie being present on the track is he still with the McLaren <laughs> it's Piastri yeah. and Daniel Ricardo is probably <laughs> pointing his finger over there like huh you having fun guys <laughs> like come, think, come on home yeah
0: <laughs> you think we see that Goog and Danny Rick out there and oh Australia? Danny Rick's
1: gonna be having a media day this uh, oh, yeah. this upcoming Grand Prix we're gonna we're gonna love our our Aussie pride Aussie Aussie Aussie, Aussie oy, oy, oy. we're gonna get some chants going oy, I might uh, I'm very excited to see Daniel Ricardo all over the media and it's going to be cool to see Piastri in a home race. Hopefully. Maybe, maybe McLaren could scrap some points together.
0: Uh, I, I would love to see us fight for that 10th spot. Cause it's pretty depressing seeing Austin Williams get that last. It point is. I can, can relate
1: to all those fans who've been experiencing this for several years. Now, yeah, this is really yeah. sad. I understand what you're going through. I'm hoping according to Mike, we've got some, some stellar upgrades coming so we'll see if if they kick in but i'm excited the australian grand prix is a fun one every year we've got charles winning last year let's see if he can do it again uh i don't see that what
0: i don't think i see him winning i know
1: i just can't see anyone beating the red bull right now it's really hard to i'd really love to see someone prove me wrong
0: we we gotta literally see it to believe it honestly
1: yeah Totally. Well, one thing that we have, have always been talking about, I'm sure you guys have been seeing it on the media, is if Verstappen goes and secures first on the constructor standings, like early on, he could do it by as early as like the the uh the Netherland Grand Prix or the Holland Grand Prix. Uh, and if that happens, he could technically sub out, sub in Danny Rick and have him go enough races to where he could secure a P3. And then you
0: See got you one, go- two,
1: three Red <sighs> Bull.
0: See, I remember we talked about this earlier. Now, <laughs> the thing is, if they're getting one twos, Checo's going to be like only 20, 30 points behind oh, yeah. them by that time. So no, I, and, I, don't I mean, that. it.
1: it's definitely not going to happen. I just like the rumor. And especially with how Verstappen was so upset this past race, getting second after climbing from 15th, the the, guy, the guy's it's a little princess. So he, right he I don't think anyone could sub him out. He's, he's going to break records as you pointed out to me and any record that might be, he just wants to be on top of the world. And if that means making sure his teammate doesn't win and isn't happy, he's going to do it, which is frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, you know, we'll delve a little bit more into the Melbourne grand Prix next week. Uh, I did want to point something out. I know last week we were supposed to talk about the Saudi Arabian grand Prix. We actually went through the process Mike was a little bit under the weather. We still recorded the podcast, did it. We had some technical issues and all in all, we couldn't end up posting it in time. It was very disappointing because Sorry. we bantered as we did best. And it it, it was a good one, but we're going to start off with some pre Melbourne insight coming in next week. You could probably expect a little bit of a shorter episode, maybe around the 30 Definitely. minute mark, just going to provide some insights as to what we see and what we might be able to expect, but it was a good race in Jeddah. It was a very fun night race. I always enjoy those.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Definitely excited for this next race.
1: Thank you everyone for tuning in to the third episode of Mike and Manch talk F1. We're really excited to talk to you again next week. I'll pass it over to Mike to introduce our socials and say goodbye.
0: Yep. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the sports menu. You can DM us any questions you have, anything you want us to talk about and follow us on Twitter at the sport menu. And Make sure to reply to any of Alex's tweets. He loves live tweeting. It's really cool. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.
1: Peace. Peace.